Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Around the Keg podcast, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer. I'm your host, Whit Barfield, and I'm joined today by some really good guys, some of my best friends. Uh, how you doing today? Yeah, man, I'm doing pretty good. Oklahoma played some great football over the weekend, beating TCU 33-14, to and all three Oklahoma quarterbacks that are in the NFL got W's over the weekend. So, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts played great football. It's good to hear, man. Yeah, Matt, man. how you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Had a great weekend. Uh, Saturday, woke up, smoked some ribs. Saturday evening, enjoyed a cigar along with the rest of the Alabama family. A yearly tradition at this point. Solid weekend. Woke up Sunday, not feeling great because I had a great Saturday. You know, that's I hadn't had that happen in a that's while. Kind of uh, I am a new father, so Sunday morning I was like, whew, man. This is what that feels like. I forgot all about this. This is great. Uh, how about you, Wit? How was the weekend? I had a pretty good weekend. You know, I was here uh, hanging out with some friends. I uh, went to a couple of really good restaurants and kind of explored Nashville a little bit more than I already have. Uh, what about what about Tech Guy Keys? Tech Guy Keys, what were you doing this weekend? Tech Guy Keys probably watched the most football he's watched in a long time. I was updating the the Instagram page all day just watching clips and, and looking for stuff to post. So I feel like I actually watched a lot more football than usual because usually we're out, you know, drinking somewhere or something, watching the games at a bar. But I was I was just sitting on my couch all day watching football. So it was a good weekend. Yeah, that was the same thing for me. I actually got to sit here. I had three TVs going. I had all the big Big Ten games and the uh, Auburn Ole Miss game, the Southern game. All, there's lots of good games on this weekend too. Hey, Matt, is it, is it really a rivalry if – one team wins 14 consecutive games against the other. It's absolutely still a rivalry. And and I will say this. 2016, Nick Saban quote, our players care more about this. This is the most important game to our players all year long. And that's not a slight against Auburn. They're a good football team. But our players and our fans care more about beating Tennessee. And if you're a traditional Alabama fan like myself and you grew up, with Philip Fulmer snitching on your team and getting you NCAA allegations and getting scholarships pulled and having infractions against you. Cannot stand Philip Fulmer. Uh, I mean, you it, we've all seen the video at this point, I'm sure. Uh, I hate Tennessee. They're the worst. Um, now, I understand the sentiment of if you beat them 14 years in a row, is it really a rivalry? Yes. I am not a fan of Tennessee by any means whatsoever. And this is this is pure Alabama fan Matt from Saturday. I, I don't like Jared Garantano. I, I I hate all of them. I mean, it's just it's just a natural thing that I was born to do is wake up, breathe, hate Tennessee, and really dislike Auburn and hate them a lot too. But but Tennessee is still it's it's one A and one B. Auburn one A, Tennessee one B. Yeah, I guess for me, I just find it laughable that a team that wins national championships almost every year, smokes cigars after they beat Tennessee. It, it, <laughs> it started in the 50s. And, like, it started in the 50s. Our athletic trainers started handing out cigars after a win against Tennessee. I mean, you got to think, like, Alabama traditionally is a, is a great program, but we've had our down patches. And the 90s was certainly one. Uh, we won the Natty in 92, but then not again. I mean, Tennessee won in 98. Uh, 2002, we go into Knoxville. Alabama goes into Knoxville uh, and knocks off number 16, Tennessee, who's undefeated at the time. 
there's been some great games, and it's honestly been one-sided throughout the whole rivalry. It's always been either Tennessee goes on a big streak or we go on a, or Alabama goes on a big streak. So I always thought that Tennessee's biggest rival was Georgia. Is, am I wrong there, or am, am I missing something? Tennessee's uh, biggest rival would just be Vanderbilt, right? Yeah, I think I think Vandy or or even Kentucky because they always wear all orange against Kentucky. But I know that they consider they consider Alabama to be one of their top two it, it, for sure. We're a bigger Alabama's a bigger rival for Tennessee than Georgia. Yeah, I mean Vandy, it's a rivalry. But I know, like I know, true like born and bred Tennessee fans who live in Nashville. Like my boss is a born and bred Tennessee fan. He is he it, he hates Vanderbilt more than anybody. And he knows that they beat him every year. But you know, I mean, I mean, the past like five years, Vandy's actually beaten them. I want to say, I want to say they've beaten them three of the last five, maybe two of the last five. I'd be wrong, but Van- Vandy's had bad, some good but... years. Yeah, yeah, Vandy's had some good years. I mean, Der- Derek Mason does a great job with what he can do for that program. I mean, you, there's not a lot you can yeah. do. Yeah, no, Vandy is 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 a lot like Georgia Tech. Like they they have to recruit a certain type of player. Like the player has to live up to the academic level of Vanderbilt. So, obviously, people who are really smart aren't going to be that super athletic. Like, I mean, let's, let's just be honest. Like, the players who play for Alabama, do you really think they're that smart? Eh, oh, probably yeah, they're, not. They're, 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 so, they're so intelligent. <laughs> they're the smartest players in the world. Don't you dare talk about oh, yeah, no, them. You're, you're right. You're right. What about, you're right. about Stanford? Stanford right. does pretty good recruiting, and they usually have pretty good players, and they're on that same level with Vanderbilt. Okay. Uh, but is 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 Stanford but, but, but is Stanford, Stanford to the level of of like Alabama or uh, of Alabama or <laughs> or those other good schools? I would I would put I would say that you put Stanford in the SEC and had and made them recruit regionally against Alabama and South Carolina and Georgia and and they wouldn't do as well because like the Stanford. Stanford's got the one thing where they can still recruit because it's California. People want to live out there. They have nice weather. If you're gonna li- if you're gonna move into the in- I mean Nashville's cool, but I mean it's really hard to build that program because, like Lando said with with Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech's traditionally a better football program than than Vandy. So why wouldn't you go to Van- Georgia Tech? So if you if it comes down like Vandy or Georgia Tech, I'm going to Georgia Tech. You got downtown Atlanta. I mean Nashville's cool, right. but you have you know downtown Atlanta. You've got uh, you know. You're not far from anything. You've got made a lot of uh, every major professional sports team in your backyard, uh, and you've got a, a pretty decent history. I mean, they've won national championships more recently. Does Does Georgia Tech have more national championships in Georgia? I yes, they do. Oh, I think yeah. so. I think they have. Recently. I want to say they have three, and we have two. They have one more recently. I know that when they went, like they went in the nineties, didn't they? Yes, ninety one. Ninety one. It was either ninety or ninety one, and they share it share. with Colorado, the, the Buffs. Yeah, that doesn't count. Oh, sure. it was back in those those dumb days where where they were sharing national titles. Well, it was like one of I think the AP poll, which was the one that that really counted, had Tech at one. Hmm. Colorado. I give, what, I, I give it to them. Colorado, like in UCF, or they just went undefeated and claimed a title. All right. Well, listen, Colorado. No, no. Colorado back in the nineties had had some good football teams though. You know, I I still appreciate a good a, a good Colorado Buffaloes man. Like I've said before, I love late night football. So, whenever I'm whenever I'm laying around on the couch watching ten o'clock kickoffs, I enjoy a good a good Colorado Buffaloes every now and then. Go Buffs, baby! I'm on the Buffs. I don't even know who their head coach is right now, and I couldn't name a single player on their team after they 
they had Steven Montez and they had LaVishka Chenault last year, but I thought I uh, anyway. Colorado's head coach was Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker left and went to Michigan State. Michigan State. State, no. Michigan State? Uh, yeah, okay. he left in the middle of the night. He he kind of dirty dogged him, honestly. Yeah. He was only there for, yeah, for one year. He's there for one year. No, he's there for two? No, only one. He has one no, year. He was, he was there for one, and then he like he pulled the whole Nick Saban move of like, no, I'm not even interested in that job. There's no way I'd go. And then the next day he was gone. <laughs> he wasn't their first choice, though. I can't remember who their first choice was. We ended up being like their third or fourth. Well, speaking, speaking of Michigan, speaking of Michigan State, yeah. though, not, that, that's actually a, a great segue into the Big Ten this weekend. Michigan State loses to Rutgers. Uh, did anybody else see that coming? I mean, I know Greg Schiano is back at Rutgers, but what better way to come back to the Big Ten, to Rutgers, where he got them kind of rolling? I think they went to an Orange Bowl when he was there. And and then you come in and you beat Mel Tucker's Michigan State. I mean, did, did, did anybody see that coming, or, or am I just blind? Um, I mean – Michigan State had a lot of rebuilding to do. I don't really think I necessarily saw them losing to a team like Rutgers, but honestly, I'm not too terribly surprised that they lost. Like, I mean, I honestly can't name you any player on Michigan State, and I didn't even know that Mel, Tucker, mean, Mel Tucker was their head coach, so I, I guess I could kind of see it coming, I guess. I don't know. Well, remember, boys, this is not your father's Michigan State. Our childhood <laughs> Michigan State. <laughs> This is this is a very very depleted Michigan State team after tons of tragedy and losing their head coach. How long was D'Antonio there? He was there for a long time. Oh, he was there forever. I mean, he's the last. He's the only one that I really remember there. Yeah, I mean, me too. I, I think, I did he I, take over after? Did he take over after Saban left? I believe, or was there somebody in between? I want to say he did. I mean, there might have been somebody in between, but as long as I've been alive, or as far as I remember, it's always been D'Antonio. And he's always done – and they've never really recruited well or anything, though. They've just always done more with less talent because of how good D'Antonio was as coach. Yeah, so uh, but, uh, Mark D'Antonio coached Michigan State uh, from 2007 till last year. Ooh. So, no, no, that's not long. I mean, that's, that's about the same amount of time that Rick was at Georgia. 10 years. 13. Yeah, it's about the same. Yeah, Rick was at Georgia for a long time too. But I mean, but yeah, Mel, what, what Mel did Tucker's they do? Work cut out for him. <laughs> uh, that's why I, th- I think that's honestly why I was so surprised Mel Tucker left from Colorado because he had some really good recruits. Uh, he got the number one defensive end transferred from Alabama to uh, Colorado to follow Mel Tucker there. So I, I was kind of shocked about that, but I mean, you know, uh, when Mel, I think Mel Tucker interned. Uh, at Michigan State, so it was kind of like a dream job, kind of like Tom Herman with Texas. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be honest. I think it was too. I mean, if if I have the choice between staying at Colorado or going to Michigan State, there's no reason there's there's no reason for me to be in Colorado, so I'm gonna go to Michigan State. But I, I mean, but you you control recruiting in that area if you're Colorado. I mean, you're not really competing with you. You don't have a Michigan in your recruiting backyard. Recruiting what? Yeah. Boulders. <laughs> Win football games with the no, Rock. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, but I, I think that for Colorado, their competition, they're in a side of the Pac-12 where they could, they can make it to the champion Pac-12 championship pretty much every year, and eventually they're gonna they're gonna win one. I, I think that there was a good. Pre- I mean, Lavisca Chenault. I think when you have guys like that in your program that you can point to and say, hey, this is who we've produced in the NFL. That's always gonna help bring more talent to your school, and 
you know, the, the, the PAC 12 as a whole is down. So it's not like they're really like, I always kind of put recruiting and I'm not a recruiting expert by any means, but I kind of put it in this box of like, you're, you're really, you're not really competing nationally. You're competing against your conference more than anything. And the only school right now in the, in the PAC 12, that's really going to out recruit them is Oregon. In my opinion, I mean, USC's way, way down. So to, that to me, that's a better job. But you know, nonetheless, he's gone, and uh, Michigan State, God, he, he's got he's got his work cut out big time. Big win for Greg Schiano, though. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, sticking with the Big Ten, Ohio State played pretty well. Um, and I think Nebraska is going to be also a team to reckon with in the Big Ten this year once they get some games on, under their belt because they looked a lot better than they did last year much much improved i think scott frost has his team trending upward and they're going to be challenging for the big 10 title for the next several years in my opinion once they start getting some some heavy hitting recruits in, in there they may uh, go back to the nebraska of old yeah I, th- I, th- I liked what i saw from nebraska this weekend your boy justin fields absolutely had a freaking day though six touchdowns 20 for 21 yeah Just, uh, three passing uh, but I'm gonna to see. I'm I, I'm gonna pull this logic that everybody uh, has been using for Baker Mayfield uh, uh, since yesterday. Oh well, he only played the Bengals. Uh, Justin Fields only played the uh, Nebraska, who whose defense still sucks. Okay, so let's 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 pull a Chad here and let's pump the brakes, and let, let's let's wait <laughs> until Justin Fields plays you know a better defensive football team. All right. Look, it's still it's still in my opinion it, it's. It, that game solidified that it's Ohio State and everybody else in in the in the in the Big Ten, especially with Penn State losing. Now Wisconsin, Wisconsin looked phenomenal, but now Graham Mertz has the Rona. Oh, really? And yeah, Wisconsin looked really good. You could tell their defense hasn't missed a beat this year. Um, what's really odd to see though is that they're not doing it through the run game. They're actually doing it. They were doing it through the passing game. Against, I mean, it was Illinois. I mean, Illinois, Illinois. But Illinois beat them last year. Illinois beat Wisconsin last year, so so that's why I'm saying like Graham Mertz. I think Graham Mertz with the Rona, that's that's a huge blow to that Badgers team, especially with Jack Cohen already out. He's out for the whole season too, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean with the way so the Big Ten protocol. I looked into this today. So Big Ten protocol is they have to have 14 days off, and then they have to practice for seven consecutive days before they can come back. So he's out guaranteed three weeks. That's, yeah, that's huge for Wisconsin. Yeah, so I looked at, uh, I think one of the broadcasts was showing the Big Ten protocol over the weekend, and it said if one of the players tests positive, they have to sit out 21, is what, 21 days? Mm-hmm. They have to sit yeah, out 21. it's 14 days. Yeah. It's, it's 14 days that they're in quarantine, and then they have to practice for seven before they can play. Yeah, so, and the way the Big Ten is hand- handling their schedule this year they're playing eight consecutive games so imagine if if justin fields gets gets a rona that means he's out for like three games and and that mm-hmm. com- that completely screws ohio state so i i mean okay look i'm glad the big ten's back but i i don't know i feel like they're they're trying to play it too safe with the with the corona they have some problems because of the way that yeah but well, if that like so that scenario, say that scenario happens, Justin Fields misses three games. Ohio State hits a soft part of their schedule. They go they go one and two because Fields is out. 
do they make the playoff because the playoff committee says, hey, they don't have Justin Fields for those two games? No, they don't make the playoff because they have two losses. The Big Ten team loses, they're out, in my opinion. Maybe Ohio State. I mean, I I think that's the way it should be, but I think that they're going to have to take – like the playoff committee is going to take those circumstances into into play. You know they are. Whether we think they should or not, that it doesn't matter. You know – because here's the thing, that if if the Big Ten stays out and they have to put either A, two SEC teams in, or they put in a two-loss – like Oklahoma wins out. Say Oklahoma wins out. That means that they would be – I think they play Iowa State. They play Oklahoma State. If they win those two games, that's against ranked opponents. So now, a one loss, you're, you're going to compare a one loss Ohio State to a two loss Oklahoma. And I would say give the nod to two loss Oklahoma because they've shown improvement through the whole season. But the committee is going to sit there and look at it and they're going to say, oh, but they didn't have Justin Fields for those three games. So that's how, you know, he's a difference maker, he's a Heisman contender. We've got to put Ohio State in. That's just the way I think that the committee would look at it, even though we don't necessarily agree with it. You say two loss Oklahoma versus two loss Ohio State? Yes. I said they, they should put Oklahoma in, but if Ohio State didn't have fields for their two losses. I think – I don't think that would happen this year. It's all because – and, like, I, I understand what you're saying. I think the fact that they're only going to play eight at most nine games that – because if, if, if Oklahoma plays 11 games and Ohio State only plays nine and they had the same amount of losses and their straight the schedule was pretty similar, which honestly, the way that it started to look, the Big 12 started to shape up a little bit. Started to look a lot better. Start the year, they looked pretty bad. And now, yeah, the Big 10 look, looks good too. But and that, those extra two or three games is, is huge. I think I think that the, uh, the Big 12 champion having two losses would get in over a Big Ten champion having two losses. Yeah, so I have a little gripe for, like, people saying, oh, the Big 12 didn't look good for the first week. So the teams that the Big 12 had played the first week, they had already played the week prior. So if we look at how the Big Ten played this week or or, or this past Saturday, look at Penn State. Penn State was ranked eight, and they end up losing to – uh, who the end of Indiana? They uh, end up losing to Indiana. I think that's just because they haven't played, you know, any spring ball. They haven't had really had great practices. So you can't like judge a conference or a team just based off their first week coming back. Out, okay. As we're in a pandemic, you know what I'm saying? I agree with you there, and and that's where like even with the SEC. I feel like I've learned more about the SEC watching them play five games against each other now. And overall, not to get into the SEC yet. I'll get to that in a minute. But sticking with the Big Ten for, for one second, Michigan looked really good. I wanted to, I wanted to hit on them because cause Michigan looked really good against a Minnesota team that I, I don't know about y'all, but I know, I know Chad was really high on, on Minnesota coming into the year. I know we all picked Minnesota to win that game but I didn't I I said overall I thought Minnesota was so so gonna be so so this year but Michigan Michigan came out and Michigan looked like a pretty good football team and I think it helps that they've got a quarterback that actually can run the system that Harbaugh wants to to play yeah I think the difference is exactly what you said Matt so the quarterback that's starting for Michigan this year is a quarterback that Jim Harbaugh actually recruited this is his first quarterback that is actually his own recruit so this is actually making his offense look a lot better. And also their defense, you know, is is getting a lot better. I think defense takes time 
to get better over time. So it, they're, they're going to be pretty good, in my opinion. This is if there's any year that Michigan should beat Ohio State, it should be this year. Like it, it, it I, actually, I'm going to go a little bit further. It has to be this year. If there's any any year they have to beat Ohio State, it has to be this year. I disagree there. I think next. I think next year is the year because that gives this kid a year in Harbaugh system, and then he had you know next year is the year though. Sorry, Wit. Go ahead. No, you're good. You are saying the quarterback is probably the difference maker. Honestly, I think it's the physicality. Michigan's whole team, defense and offense, looked extremely physical against Minnesota. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Minnesota lost so much on defense, including like Anton Winfield. But I mean, they pushed him around. I mean, they weren't even close. I mean, what was the score? Forty-nine to twenty-four. Ever. I think Minnesota's offense is as good as it was last year. Even better. But it's just the fact that Michigan is so dang physical, they couldn't keep up. So were we giving um, too much credit to Minnesota? I think, yeah, I definitely was. I mean, I thought they could potentially I, contend for a playoff spot. I didn't think – okay, so I, I thought Minnesota was good enough to beat Michigan but not really contend for the Big Ten. I, I was lower on Michigan than I was than I would say I was lower on Michigan than I am or ever was higher on high on Minnesota. I just thought Michigan, especially after you know the the Capital One Bowl last year, whatever it's called now, when we played when Alabama played them, I thought that that was kind of Michigan's that was their peak. They had Shea Patterson, who was supposed to be a transfer guru from Ole Miss. But that's just my take. I, I was higher on – or lower on Michigan than I was high on Minnesota. I was really low on Michigan this year, too, just because of what they lost. I mean, they lost a lot of really good players up front. Um, not sure if their left tackle, John Runyon, ended up playing this year or not. I think he opted out at one point. Um, he might have come back. Uh, they lost a lot of really good he guys. Came back. He, played. he is playing? Okay. Yeah, I mean – I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw him playing on Saturday. Physical that he had to have been. I mean, and Shea Patterson, yeah, like he wasn't good, but he wasn't like terrible. Like I mean, he's probably better than the other quarterbacks they've had since Jim Harbaugh's been there. But um, oh, agreed. I, I just think that this kid that they had yesterday or on Saturday, he had a different element oh, yeah. about him than than because one thing I noticed, and this is because I watched the Alabama bowl game against Michigan, was that Shea Patterson had so many open receivers deep and he would just overthrow them every single he time. A lot of receivers so, he was there. So it was it was more it was less about like Alabama even being better than Michigan last year. It was just they couldn't they couldn't hit a wide open receiver. Oh I actually think Alabama was quite a bit better than Michigan last year. I think Michigan was pretty overrated, but I still think I mean considering how I felt I mean I, I thought they could like potentially not even make a bowl game this year. Because of based on what they lost oh, no, and, on Harbaugh, I, I felt like the whole program was kind of starting to crumble. But you know what? I think the difference was where the khakis. That's the biggest difference in the game. You know, he didn't wear khakis for the first time since he's been there. Now Michigan looks good. It's probably the best team they've had since he's been there, at least through game one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a we we need to title this overreaction Monday because you know overreactions. Big Ten overreactions because it's been one game. And, I mean, things that we felt about SEC teams after week one changed. Uh, and, and going with that, Penn State, like, when, when you lose a game to Indiana that was a 50-50 loss, I mean, did he actually make it over the goal line? Or was it, you know, I mean, that, that that's a that's a debate within itself. But but you get the loss to Indiana. How do you, how do you bounce back from that if you're Penn State? 
Did you find a new quarterback? Sean Clifford is freaking yeah. terrible. He's awful. Yeah. Is he, that that uh, number fourteen dude that was uh, playing for him? Yeah, he had, but he had a big run uh, during the game, though, right? He's honestly like Bo Nix. That's every time I watch him, I think of Bo Nix. He's a good runner, and whenever they do the, like the, they, uh, what's it called? Oh my gosh, RPO. Oh, not RPO. The design quarterback runs. He does really well. He follows his blocks well. Like read option. Up up a, like a good, yeah, exactly, yeah, read option stuff like that. But when he misses so many open guys, I mean, he had open guys all over the field. It's Indiana. Like I mean, I was I was watch, I watched pretty much the entire game. Is this his yeah, first so many uh, game starting? He started all year last year, and he, he was started all year last year. year. He's he honestly probably could have beaten Ohio State last year if he would have hit some open receivers. Missed a lot of guys, and then they put him their backup, and they started coming back, and he got hurt, and they had to put Sean Clifford back in. Hmm. But not that I think their backup is good, but I mean he's definitely a better passer. I mean honestly, I think Lando's a better passer than. Uh, Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford. Not saying Lando's a bad passer because he's fantastic. He Speaking our, of being a better passer, many wins. But yesterday, uh, Tech guy and I went out to the football field for the first time in months. I mean, in months, and got out there and threw the football around, and it really made me realize that one, I need to get back in the gym, and two, <laughs> uh, I have lost so much arm strength throwing the football. I still have the touch. You know, there are some things you, you never forget how to do, and for me, that's throwing a very pretty spiral for the football, but I have lost so much arm strength, and I'm out of shape. I'm fat. i got to stop drinking. Oh, I feel the exact same way. I felt terrible the whole time we were out there. It was bad. Yeah, about time we got out there, we had only... I, it was getting dark, so we, we only had, like, 30 minutes to be out there, but during those 30 minutes, I was... I, I, I could have I could have filled up the entire Lake Alatoona with all the sweat that I sweat. <laughs> we, we, it got dark, so we were like, I wonder if we could still run sprints at the same speed we were running in high school. That was no, not even close. <laughs> never never, never try that, man. You're asking, you're asking to try, like make yourself sick. <laughs> asking for disappointment, too. It was bad. Oh, yeah. Tell you cool oh, yeah. right there. Like, every, every time I go to the gym, that's my problem, though, like, which is very rarely. But when I do go to the gym, I'm like, oh, I remember in high school I could squat 345. Let me throw that bad boy up there, and then I go down, and the rest of me goes down too, and I don't come back up until I'm having somebody help me pick the weight off the ground. And I'm like, I swear I used to be able to do it, but you know, <laughs> the high school days are over. The dad bod has commenced. I was about to say, I feel like I feel like we're aging faster than most 20, 20 to 30 year olds do. <laughs> yeah, we do it uh... ourselves. Keys pointed out something yesterday, and I, and I, it made me think. I, so from now to when I was last in high school four years ago, I've gained sixty pounds since then. <laughs> sixty since pounds. When? Holy yeah. So from when? For, since senior year of high school till now. So that's the hey. end of twenty fifteen to now. Five years. Hey man, I'm. So I, I'm I'm not I'm not far behind. I'm at 55. Actually, Ooh. I could be up to 60 by now because I drank a lot of beer this weekend. So yeah. I'm probably actually <laughs> at the 60 mark. So I was a 5'9", 165 in high school, and now I'm a 5'9", 115, 120. <laughs> not a good look for a short guy. 5'9", <laughs> 5'8". I could have sworn yeah. you were way taller than me. 
<laughs> no, no. We're, we're a short guy podcast. Just, uh, we're definitely we're a, short a short guy podcast. Personality six foot though, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, my personality is, is definitely is definitely five six. I have a short person syndrome. I'm the only one over five <laughs> nine here. I'm five eleven. How are you? You're five ten. Five ten, five eleven. He he's probably Actually, like five ten. That's bullshit. That, my, he, that he's my 5'11". online profiles would say five eleven. Yeah, I lied on my license too. Mine says five seven. Go ahead, give yourself the extra inch. Yeah. Your draft profile. Go ahead, go ahead and give yourself the extra inch at that point. You know, nah, go with it, a full flat. In that case, I'm six it, it's, it's already a stretch. But but see, the thing is, is like if it's already a stretch, then just go ahead with the full six foot because a five a five four girl is not going to know the difference between six foot and five ten. I might as well yeah. just tell him I play for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Ba- I mean, I'm like, you, six, you, I'm like six six. Or, you know. Tell, tell him you play for that. the Heat. Your name's Tyler Hero. You know, you never know where I might go. Yeah, first of all, Tyler Hero is is first of all an animal at basketball. He sucks at basketball. Awful uh, at basketball. Defensive used, rebounds. Freshman year in college. Re- yeah, next steals. Uh, ne- That's the game. My we're gonna have the, have the and three point three point shots too, but I, I can't shoot those. We're gonna have to have the around the keg basketball tournament. You know, 20, 21 tournament. It's gonna be like a horse tournament. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Like, like they did on the uh, NBA with the W people playing horse. Do you have a basketball goal at your house? No. I have one in my house. Hasn't been used in forever, though. Point of buying a house if you don't have a basketball goal. Uh, well, see, so I am the actually the only person in my cul-de-sac that is un, not retired. Me and my wife are the only people in our cul-de-sac not retired. Going back to the... Uh, uh, overreaction Monday. Uh, do you guys think Pruitt or and Scott Frost are on the hot on the hot seat? I personally think that that is an absurd statement. If you think Pruitt and Scott Frost are on the hot seat, because hey, Tennessee, they they still suck, but they're better. They're improving. Okay, and Scott Frost has Nebraska playing some of their best football in several years. So, what's your guys' take on that? And last year, I, mean, I think not losing to Georgia State, but they were supposed to come out and look like they were going to compete for an SEC East title or at least be the third best team. I don't, I don't think they're even close to that. I think they're probably bottom two or three. But how long has... Not saying, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Pruitt should be on the hot seat, but I mean, if you're a Tennessee, you know, Tennessee fans, I mean, Greg Schiano gone before he even started. Those guys are, those guys are merciless. Here's my, here's my thing. I think Pruitt, I don't think he's on the hot seat yet, but his seat's definitely heating up. And it's for one reason, one reason only, and it's because Tennessee has the expectations of the 1990s, early 2000s Tennessee, and they want it now. And mind you, Pruitt, they, the, the, I was always a Jeremy Pruitt believer and defender, even last year after they lost to Georgia State. I mean, his seat started heating up then. And then they, you know, went on, what, a seven, eight-game win streak to finish off the year. So... I'm thinking, okay, at that point, he's probably fine. They beat Indiana in a bowl game. Then they come out and they beat a South Carolina team week one this year that a lot of people were pretty high on South Carolina having a a better season this year. And it was kind of South Carolina-Tennessee for the three spot in the SEC East. And everyone kind of forgot about Kentucky. I think Kentucky's been, you know, poor Kentucky – could really be four and one at this point, they, but but then you you look at 
you look at uh you look at Tennessee and and Jeremy Pruitt, he has them doing well at the end of last year. And like, when is he gonna learn that Jarrett Garantano is just not good? Like, like when when is he gonna move on from Jarrett Garantano and say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go with the un unconventional true freshman guy because I I can't I can't watch this anymore. I mean, so I think Jeremy Pruitt has to be on the hot seat now. Scott Frost, I think that it's a little. It's a little quick to put him on the hot seat because Nebraska Nebraska was very very bad when he got there. And I know that he was put they're expecting him to get there and turn it everything around but I don't see it. So my question is and this is probably going to upset wit. So judging by some of this logic, why isn't Kirby Smart on the hot seat? Because Georgia should should be should be challenging for national championships every year, but for some reason they just can't get past that Alabama hump. They can't get past uh, Nick Saban, and and uh, and they can't make it uh, to the you know the big title game and win the big title game. So so why why isn't Kirby Smart on the hot seat? Like Kirby Smart should be should be on the on his his seat should be flaming hot. It should be hot. Before well, you sound, goes, you sound like some crazy ass Georgia fans, to be honest. But I mean I mean come on though, like. But before Witt, before Witt says anything, I want to say this about Kirby. Kirby has gotten them to be where it's assumed that they're going to win the East every year. Mark, Mark, Rick, Mark Rick was doing the same thing. He was doing the same thing, and, 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 and what they do. Rick, but Mark Rick was a phenomenal coach. Georgia does, though. The thing. He has that same expectation, but they have a coach who's winning six or seven games right now, at best. And they're not going to win that this year, mostly because it's only a 10-game season still. They might even go 500. I don't know what their schedule looks like the rest of the way. But my question but, is, is like, I mean, if if a, if a school, if a program has an expectation to do this and more, and that coach doesn't do that and more, how come his seat isn't flaming hot? If if Tennessee's expectation is to win the East, and that's all they're expecting to do, and Scott Pruitt can't do that, all right, so be it. His seat is going to be hot. But if Georgia, which I know Georgia is a proud program, they're expecting to be in the national championship every year, winning national championships. Kirby Smart still hasn't done that. He's gotten close, but he he just can't seem to get over that hump. So why isn't and, his seat playing hot? Why, and that's why some Georgia fans call for Kirby Smart to be fired every time he loses to Alabama. Now, I'm a little bit more reasonable than most of these most crazy ass Georgia fans, to be honest. And I'm okay. Like I mean, Kirby Smart is winning. 11 at least 11 games a year 10 or 11 games a year and how many games he won in 19 he won 11 last year I think he won 10 and 18 lost to texas he's getting number one recruiting classes he at least we have we still have hope but uh do you Jeremy do Pruitt, you really I mean, have he, hope we were beating alabama at halftime <laughs> you were <laughs> beating alabama you were beating alabama at halftime football is a, is a is a game of two halves you have to beat somebody in the second right. half as well Alabama so is arguably the best team in the country. Are they? Probably in the, one of the top three best teams in the country, and it's not even close. That's a better statement. Georgia was beating them at halftime with a bad quarterback. And by bad, I mean average. Not bad, bad. Bad to Georgia's here's, standards. Here's the, thing with, here's the thing with Kirby, though. Like, Georgia fans expected him to come in and replicate what Saban did. Year one with Saban, him and Kirby had I the didn't. exact same record. Then year two, Kirby goes to a natty, you know, and and loses to Tua. 
I mean, like Tua comes in, and honestly, like I, I said this last week on last week's podcast, no one had ever seen Tua play a meaningful minute of football. I mean, he had the 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 play that he came in against Vandy, where he showed his athleticism and his and his ability to see the field and make good throws, but but. The, to you mean to tell me like putting this in perspective you've got a 26 and 2 starter and you're going to pull him at halftime at the national of the national championship when you're losing by 13 to Georgia all right so and, let's let's so George, I mean like Kirby in Kirby's defense I'm getting a little off topic there for a second but in <laughs> Kirby's defense here's my defense of Kirby Smart what he's doing is meeting expectations at minimum for what Georgia expects He's getting them to the SEC championship every year. He's beating Florida, which Mark Rick struggled to do. He he lost to South Carolina. Florida last sucks year though. Come Rodrigo on, man. Blankenship, who, yeah, but but Rodrigo Blankenship never missed field goals, and he missed one in that game that cost them the game. I think he missed two in that game. They cost him the game. So, it, so when Jake you, Front threw three while no, while no, that's not exactly what it, it, that doesn't make it any better. At the end of the day, Kirby has Georgia in the SEC championship against LSU who had a generation once in a generation offense. I mean, they were lighting everybody up. They, they beat Georgia because every, I mean, they were beating everybody. They dominated Clemson. They dominated Oklahoma. They, they won games and it wasn't close. So to, to put that on Kirby, I, I can't say that Kirby's really done anything that deserves to be fired. Like when he starts losing, two, three games a year, and Florida overtakes Georgia, all right, now we got to start having the conversation because Dan Mullen, I, I don't think Dan Mullen and Florida are really ready to make that leap. Yeah. Would you say Lincoln Riley would be on the hot seat? Because he's been doing almost the exact same thing that Kirby Smart's been doing. So the difference is – a weaker is, conference. Yeah, yeah, so the difference is is that is actually a very valid, valid – like point like to my logic then yeah Lincoln Riley would, would be on the hot seat the only difference mm-hmm. is is like nobody expects Oklahoma to win a fucking national championship though that that's the big difference like okay yeah Oklahoma's a proud program uh you know we we've won five straight big big 12 titles but there but our lone issue is the defense and Lincoln Riley doesn't doesn't handle the defense you know what i'm saying like our defense coordinator handles defense right. obviously so he can but he can only do what he can do, and that's the same thing with Kirby Smart. Like Kirby Smart is a defensive a coach. Alba, uh, Georgia's defense, you know, plays really well. He can't really handle what happens on the offense. The offense so, has been the issue, right? Offense has been the issue. So, to my logic, then yes, Lincoln Riley would be on the hot seat. I'm just trying to like, you know, like I, I just don't agree with Pruitt or Frost being on the hot seat based on some of this logic. That's I was just trying to make a point. It was just a topic. I I, I think. <laughs> I think that I think that it, I think that Pruitt should his seat should be heating up because he's now got some he's got some of his recruits in there this year and this is when they have to improve. Like when you got your guys in there, that's when you've got to make the step. And if you don't make it then, then when are you? So if this year, and I know it's a COVID year and it's kind of a weird year, but if this year doesn't go where Tennessee is actively improving, which to me they've gotten worse, like. The, the Tennessee team that played against Alabama this past weekend is not the same Tennessee that showed up to play Georgia a couple weeks ago. I agree with that. And when they start to, when they start to get worse, that's when you have to say, 
All right, it's time to your, your seat's getting warm, but you know, sticking with the SEC, I, I got one. I got I got one question for you. Uh, why is Najee Harris not being talked about for any Heisman contention? Uh, I'll, I'll give you the he straightforward answer to that. The straightforward answer is the Heisman Trophy is a quarterback's trophy. And the Heisman Trophy is a quarterback's trophy. Because, I mean, like if you look at just pure stats, in five games he's got 595 yards and 14 touchdowns. Yeah, so, but the, the, the thing is winning the Heisman Trophy is about glamour. Being a being a running back isn't glamorous. It isn't it isn't flashy. It's it's smash mouth, it's in your face. Being a quarterback is is flashy. Oh, look what he did. He he broke five tackles and got a first down. Oh, he threw a a sixty yard touchdown pass on a screen. Oh, he, he threw a screen and a receiver took it eighty yards. That's you know, it's it's all about the quarterback stats. Like the last time a running back won the Heisman was with Derrick Henry, and he won the Heisman because he was easily the best player in college football that year. Like he, Alabama gave him the ball thirty times in one game, so it, it's hard. It's hard but not you, to to give somebody that the, the Heisman that year. But it was also ha- back when running when playing running back was cool. You could run if you ran through people and got tough yards and got and still had good stats. I mean, you you could you could definitely win the Heisman. I can see your point. But there. I'm gonna uh, to, to go to that point. To go to that point. Najee's stats this year, his carries are less than Derrick Henry, and his yardage and touchdowns are more than Derrick Henry through five games that year that he won the Heisman. But look what Trevor Lawrence is doing. Trevor Lawrence has has this is his final year at Clemson. Like in my opinion, there's no way he does, like the, the people don't don't give him the Heisman this year. Like they they unless he just unless he gets hurt. There's no way they don't give him the Heisman just based off. Oh, he hasn't he hasn't won the Heisman uh, uh, at all, so we have to give him the Heisman just out of respect. I, 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 that's what I, that's what I think the voters do nowadays. It, and but to go to Witt's point, like when when Derrick Henry run the Heisman, I don't think being a running back at that time was cool either, because before that, the last running back to win the Heisman was was Mark Ingram. So you know and. They just gave him the ball the whole time, and he was clearly the best player on that team. He was clearly the best player in college football. I think the Heisman is. We also is... broke the record for most SEC rushing yards in a in a season. Right, 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 right. But you know, if if you look at the past twenty years, the Heisman has gone to quarterbacks. I mean, I'll agree with you. It's a quarterback award at this point, but I mean, it, at some point, you have to start saying like. Mac Jones has had a phenomenal year. I mean, he he's they they showed his stats compared to Joe Burrow's last year, and they're pretty equivalent. The only difference is the only difference <laughs> is on the deep ball. The only difference is on the deep ball. But I would still say that Alabama isn't where they're at this year without Najee Harris, because Najee Harris coming back as a senior this year instead of going to the NFL draft, he's take he, he's able to he, he catches the ball out of the backfield. So and and then he's gotten 595 yards of rushing and 14 touchdowns like in in five games. To me, that and, and Lando, you, you you got a little iffy on the Joe Burrow thing there. What, what's the my so? I'm gonna try to try not to uh, blow a gasket here. So when you have weapons like Mac Jones has, one of them got hurt over the weekend. So I 
I think the, the next game for Alabama is going to be a big proving point for Mac Jones. Is he, is he really that good? Because you have all of these weapons. Hell, I could I could throw it to, to, to Waddle and, and throw an 80-yard touchdown. I could throw him a screen. He could take it 80 yards, and I'd get that stat. Okay, the same thing for Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow's a great quarterback. He's he's balling out in or NFL. Mechie or Devontae Smith. Like, yeah, he had Hold he on. had all of these like receivers and running backs. Clyde Edwards Elaire, like people I I'm sorry, I just don't understand. Okay, yeah, Joe Burrow's a great quarterback, but you have all of these weapons around you. It's hard you, you have to be you have to suck to not be a great quarterback with with those weapons. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has phenomenal weapons too. That exactly, he, he, he's a great quarterback, but it's just because he has great but weapons. Make, but that's that's what makes a team great. Like you have, you, it can't just be a quarterback with with nobody. But right, but I, I, but 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 the point I'm trying to prove is is how are we how are we gonna say all oh, this quarterback is is great when he's doing it with with weapons that that amateur people can get out there and, and throw them to you know what i'm saying i mean i, I mean probably, i think it's hard to find a quarterback even in the nfl who didn't have weapons around him though who, who was great i mean you, you can look at like brady is probably the only one i could think of who had who had crappy receivers i'll give you an example a great quarterback i'll give you a, an nfl example so the Tampa bay buccaneers they had Jameis winston last year and they have tom brady this year so Tom Brady, except for Antonio Brown, uh, who's probably going to play this weekend, Tom Brady has the same weapons that Jameis Winston had last year other than Gronk and Leonard Fournette. Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions last year, all right? That guy sucks. He sucks. Now, Tom Brady is the GOAT. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. He could play with 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 any receiver. You can throw him in there. To me, that that's a great quarterback. When I see that you that you still ball out with the, the New England Patriots last year who sucked this year because they have no weapons for Cam Newton, and then when you go to Tampa Bay who actually, you know, has decent amount of weapons, he's still playing the same you know, the same way he played last year. So that I guess that's just the point I'm trying to make. I, I want to see a quarterback who doesn't have – five-star receivers all over the field I, th- to be that to be a great quarterback yeah i mean I, I i get your point i understand your point but i think it's i think it's noteworthy to say that that if we're going based off of off of recent history mac jones is on pace to be exactly where joe burrow was last year and joe burrow walked away with a heisman trophy but i honestly feel like Najee harris is the biggest difference on offense uh you can correct me if i'm wrong because I'm not sure if I know, but um, who was some of Lamar Jackson's weapons? Great quarterback, exactly. Yeah, good quarter. I mean, yeah, he, he was he was really, but example. he was also a dual threat. It's really hard to be like a, a passing quarterback and not have any 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 weapons to help you out, and then be considered a great quarterback because you're not completing any passes. It's, it's just hard. It's really just, Lamar's it, a little bit different. It, it's it's an He's opening up the passing game with this the way he runs the ball because people are gonna like i mean even in the nfl people try and stop lamar running the ball they don't really worry about it too much in the passing game which opens up the passing game and then now in his first year he sucked because he kept overthrowing people and missing guys and that's why they didn't go too far in the playoffs but then these past two years he's actually starting to hit guys and to play pretty well as a quarterback and he still opens up the run game with his feet he doesn't really need weapons because guys can get open A, a good passing quarterback without any weapons is an oxymoron Speaking of good passing quarterbacks without any weapons, opposite of that would be Oklahoma State. 
I don't know about you guys, but after watching them last weekend, I actually I thought they were going to lose. Ended up looking pretty good. Uh, I think we could definitely consider them to potentially be a pretty good playoff contender this year. Um, I know they haven't played Texas or Oklahoma yet, who, you know, they've kind of looked down, are probably still the top two teams in the 10 or Big 12, at least talent wise. Um, what do you guys think about that one, though? Yeah, if I'm Oklahoma State, I just continue to ride Chuba Hubbard until, until the wheels fall off because he, he is a fantastic running back. He can catch the ball, he can run the ball. And also for Oklahoma State, um, if they can continue to play pretty well on defense, they are easily the Big 12's best shot at getting into the playoff. We'll see how they play against Texas, and we'll see how they play against Oklahoma at Bedlam, which is always a good game. I, I can't remember the last time that game sucked. So they have some t- they have some tests to come up, but you know having Chuba Herbert toting that rock, it's going to be hard to stop. Yeah, I I think Oklahoma State. The biggest thing that's impressed me about them this year is what Lando said their defense. Uh, when when I watched them against Tulsa and they struggled, I was like, well, they're not going to be able to do that against these a lot of these other Big Twelve offenses. And then they play Iowa State, which I don't really know how good Iowa State is, really. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not sure. They they lost week one to Louisiana, so I, I don't know if I'm ready to, to crown Oklahoma State yet. I, I still think Oklahoma's the the best team in the Big Twelve. Uh that's a personal personal opinion. I think that they had a a bad week against K State and then bad two weeks. You know, yeah, yeah, a bad two weeks, but I still think that talent-wise and coaching-wise, I, I think that Lincoln Riley is a better coach than Mike Gundy, and I think Oklahoma is a better team than Oklahoma State. So I'm not ready. I, I think I, I personally think Oklahoma State will lose at least two games this year. Um, who those are two, I'm not quite sure. I think Oklahoma is going to be one, and then whoever the second one is. You know, yeah, it could be Texas could be. I kind of agree Kansas with you. State could be. Um, Oklahoma State might lose two games. Uh, obviously, I'm biased. I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma, but I think that every year. Um, I think that that would be one game, and that'd be the only game they would lose in the regular he's in the regular season. The next game they would lose would be in the Big Twelve Championship game. But that I don't know. I I don't really see them losing to Texas because Texas is awful. They suck. Like, Sam Ellinger is, is bad. I'm re- I think once he leaves Texas, then Texas is actually going to be pretty darn good once he leaves. Yeah, Texas actually has a backup quarterback who uh, he was came up in the last recruiting class, I believe. His name's Hudson Carr or Card. I think it's Card. Uh, I watched his high school tape a little bit when he was coming in just to be like, oh, you know, you know, they have Ellinger right now, and I've always come thought Ellinger was a little bit overrated. So what kind of guy is this? And apparently he's supposed to be hyped up to be next best thing at Texas. So could be right there, Lando. All right, guys, well, let's get into our pour them out, cut them off of the week. Uh, Lando, how about you go first? So this week I'm going to start with who I'm cutting off. I'm going to cut off Odell Beckham Jr. So if anybody is keeping up with uh, Browns football or just NFL fo- football in general, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt uh, while trying to make a tackle off of Baker Mayfield interception, and he tore his ACL, so he's done for the season. However, once he left the game, Baker Mayfield completed 21 straight passes and led the Browns back to that. beat 
the the Bengals. Now people are going to say, "Oh, it's the Bengals." Either way, it's, it's 21 straight passes. Not many people can do that. I think I'm going to cut off Odell Beckham Jr. because I personally think that he was holding the Browns' offense back entirely, and I'm uh, looking forward to see what Baker Mayfield and the Browns' offense does uh, on Sunday against the Raiders. And this week, I'm going to pour one out for the Cardinals, who are a legit football team this year. They beat the Seahawks last night in a fantastic overtime football game. Their kicker almost lost in the game, but you know, kickers need to figure it out because they are awful ever since they started moving the extra point back. And I don't know what the heck kickers are doing, but the Cardinals are a really good football team. Matt, who, who are you a poor one out for? Well, uh, I actually, I, I like the, the, the Cardinals pick that you had there. Um, I'm actually pouring one out. I've, I've got two things that I'm pouring one out for. And, Part one is dad bods. Uh, I don't know if you saw the picture of Mac Jones smoking his victory cigar after the Tennessee game, but the dude is an absolute unit. He does not look like a Division One quarterback. It was it was amazing to see that a guy that can throw that rock like that looks like you know he's he's slimmer than me. He's more athletic than me. Not gonna go there. But the dude, the dude's a unit. Uh, uh, you love to see it. So I'm pouring one out for Dad Bods. Call that a win. I'm also gonna pour one out for Riverboat Ron. Uh, had his last cancer treatment today, so he got to ring the bell. Uh, Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington football team, coming off of a big win against the the Dallas Cowgirls last night. Um, and then I'm cutting off uh, SEC replay officials because Auburn. I don't know how they do it every single week, but. And every year, really, somehow, yet again, the Auburn Tigers, War Eagle, whatever you want to call them, have pulled off another win against a an Ole Miss team who, honestly, Ole Miss is very bad. Uh, the, defensively, they're depleted. But on a kickoff, when Ole Miss was up in the game, they kick the ball off. It hits off of an Auburn returner's pinky, rolls into the end zone, Ole Miss recovers it. And the official said, oh, no, there's no need to review it. It didn't touch him. Uh, replay showed that it very clearly his pinky touched it, and it should have been a touchdown for Ole Miss. Instead, Auburn winds up winning that game 35-28. Uh, to 28, But uh, some self-inflicted wounds from the Rebels. But either way, I am cutting off the replay officials who have vision like me because I'm cutting my vision off this week as well because I'm old and now have to get glasses. So, uh, keys. You got you got one to pour one out for, and uh, who are you cutting off? I'm going to pour one out for Rutgers this week. They had 21 straight Big Ten losses, and they managed to come out and get a get an upset win. So uh, they they upset Michigan State. Uh, you you can argue Michigan State's not your father's Michigan State, but uh, either either way, they came out and and they got they got a good win, 38-27. Uh, so I'm pouring out one out for Rutgers this week. And I'm going to cut off Rice University for probably one of my favorite clips I saw this weekend. Somehow, I don't know how they, you know, they're going for the, uh, they're going for the the field goal, the go ahead field goal to win the game, and somehow managed to kick it off the uprights four times in the same kick. I've never seen that happen before, and and the ball doesn't go doesn't doesn't go in. I don't understand how that how that's even physically possible. But I'm cutting off rides because that's just unfortunate. What about you, Wit? Who are you pouring uh, one out for? So this week I'm pouring one out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're the only undefeated in the NFL. And uh, unfortunately, they beat 
one of the other only undefeated teams in the NFL last week, my hometown Tennessee Titans, who are my 2020 favorite team, honorary favorite team because the Falcons are trash. I'm praying they end up with the number one overall pick, maybe Trevor Lawrence in the Falcons uniform. I don't know. It'd be pretty awesome. Um, but they got a big game coming up against the Ravens this week, and the Ravens are 5-1. and one. They've had a really good year. Lamar, you know, I think he's kind of taking a step back from last year, but still looks really good. And um, I know, I, I believe the game is in Baltimore, and that's that's a tough place to play, even without fans. I mean, uh, they, they definitely show out. They are a good football team. Um, I think they're improving since their loss, too. I would say that this is probably the week that the Steelers are going to lose. But, you know, I actually thought the Steelers were not going to be very good this year, so I'm pouring one out for them. Uh, this week I'm cutting off Sean Clifford. Not for Sean Clifford. And uh, a bad call by the refs, then Penn State definitely would have beaten Indiana because I think even though Indiana looks much improved, um, much more improved than they were last year, especially with Michael Penix Jr. playing quarterback, um, I think that if they if Penn State had a competent quarterback who could hit receivers – receivers I, I might add you then i think they could potentially contend with ohio state maybe even be better than ohio state with the way that ohio state's defense looked um, at least in that first half against nebraska um uh, but let's go ahead and move on we'll move on to the locks of the week lando who's your lock of the week yeah i'm taking the easy road out uh this week my lock of the week is going to be clemson over boston college obviously clemson's going to win that game because they are the best team in college football matt who you got agree with you there lando uh I'm actually going with a Friday night game. Uh, two game, two teams that have played one game. I'm going with Wyoming over Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii is actually the favorite, two and a half point favorites. Uh, but but I think that uh, Wyoming is going to pull this one out. Uh, one and one in locks of the week, thanks to the Auburn refs. Uh, just like to point that out. Auburn Jesus has struck again. Uh, Wit lock of the week. What you got? So I was kind of talking about it earlier uh, with Nebraska. I got Nebraska over Wisconsin, and uh, but is my lock of the week, which is quickly becoming my upset lock of the week, because uh, for some reason I always decide to pick upsets as my locks, even though I don't really feel good about them. Nebraska looked really good against Ohio State, especially in that first half uh, when they were running the ball with Luke McCaffrey a couple of times. I think if they can find a find a way to get him into the offense a little bit more, they're going to look really good against Wisconsin and. Uh, Wisconsin's not going to have a quarterback. They're going to be playing their third-string quarterback after Graham Mertz. Uh, like we said earlier, he's he's out for a couple of weeks with COVID, and um, and Jack Cohn got hurt before the year, so he's out for the season. And uh, Wisconsin just doesn't, just doesn't have the run game that they usually do. So I think uh, I think this is a big this is going to be a big week for Nebraska, and they're going to get a nice upset win and get Scott Frost back on the right track to maybe turn that program around. Keys, what about you? You got a luck of the week? Yeah, this week uh, I'm going with number 17, Indiana, at Rutgers. I uh, just talked about Rutgers a couple minutes ago. They're both coming off good upset wins. I uh, think Indiana's going to have a little bit of an edge, though. They are 17. Uh, they beat a better team in Penn State, uh, and Rutgers only beat uh, Michigan State by, what was it, one touchdown? Nine points, something like that. Um, so I, I think uh, Indiana's going to top. Rutgers, but uh, I think it's going to be a decent game, decent Big Ten game. Uh, I, I have Indiana by nine points. Nice. Nice. Dang, that's actually so, pretty close. <laughs> so close so before right we there. go into the rest of our – before we go to the rest of our picks, I know we go always text our lock of the week normally uh, to make sure we don't have the same one. Full disclosure, and I know Chad's not here to defend his Gators tonight because uh, he's having some tech issues, but I 
was this close to picking Mizzou over Florida. Uh, with, with, and the reason I say that is because Mizzou's defense or, has been decent. I think that Missouri's offense, look, I mean, they showed you against LSU what they can do scoring-wise. And then Florida, they're coming off the COVID. What, what, what are they going to look like? So I'm not picking that. I'm not picking it. But I, I, it just things that make you say, hmm. I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, say this right now. Missouri is going to beat Florida. Oof. I, I, I like the, the, I like the confidence. Of the week. <laughs> I almost picked that game for my lock of the week. Dude, that was almost my. I mean, I so so like if if we were if we're gonna do an upset of the week segment, I, I <laughs> that that would be mine because I really legitimately believe I'm kind of like wit. I'm trying now to look at locks of the week as like games that are that's like what I've been two doing two and a half three point two and a half three points on the spread or or maybe even an upset pick because uh, I I just I, but that Florida game I'm telling you Mizzou is uh, Mizzou can be scary. I think that what they did against Kentucky this weekend. Putting up twenty points against them, they're gonna. I think they're gonna have some success against Florida. Well, also before we get into our picks of the week, Lando, our fifteen dollar bet of the week. What do you think? Uh, fifteen dollar bet of the week. I'm, how much? How much do you like Missouri over Florida? Hmm. Oh man, I, I I don't know if I'm that confident to bet fifteen on Missouri. But I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to bet you $15. Oh, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> Should we make this our $5 bet of the week? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I'll do $5. I'll do $5. This week, is our, it's our $5 bet of the week, but you, usually it's our $15 bet of the week. Yeah, let's do $15. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right. 15 it is. 15, $15. It is. All right, guys. Let's get into our... Let's get into our picks. Let's get into our picks. All right, guys, starting off, we got uh, South Alabama heading into our home, sweet home, Paulson Stadium. Taking on the Georgia Southern Eagles, coming off a very upsetting loss to Coastal Carolina. Uh, Georgia Southern's a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and I will be at the game. I will be in the beer garden. Um, Lando, what do you think? Uh, Georgia Southern needs to get back to uh, their bread and butter, and that's running the football. Uh, we have – the, the people we have on our team to run the football, specifically to run the football. And I think last week they kind of got away from that. I think if Georgia Southern get back to the basics, then they will beat South Alabama. I think they will do that. I got Georgia Southern by 10. Matt, who do you got? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm with Lando here. The big thing that Southern got away from last week was running the ball. They do that. I, I've got them beating South Alabama by nine. Ooh, close game. Um, yeah, it's, so I don't think I can go to a Georgia Southern football game and not pick them to win. And uh, I couldn't tell you a single thing about South Alabama, but I know that I've never seen them beat Georgia Southern since I've been a fan, which has been about four years or five years. Five years now, I guess. This is probably my sixth year. Um, I'm going to be in the beer garden. I'm going to be drinking beer. I'm going to be drinking. They got free liquor right now. I'm going to be at Dingus McGee's about two hours before the game, so there's no way I'm picking any anybody but Georgia Southern. I got Georgia Southern by, let's say, 21. I think it's going to be a big big win for Georgia Southern to get back on track. Uh, we'll move on to the next game, though. He's by 90. <laughs> move on to the next game, game though. Uh, we got another group of five game. Uh, we got Memphis, who was the group of five representative in the New, York, New Year's Six last year, 
But they're taking on the number nine Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, Cincinnati might end up being a playoff contender this year, and they're a seven-point favorite. Uh, Lando, who are you picking in this game? Yeah, Luke Fickle has uh, Cincinnati playing some real football out there, so I'm going to go with Cincinnati by 20. I think they actually route Memphis. Matt, who you got in this game, man? So to take one out of Witt's book, this is my pound the over game of the week. Uh, I, I think that Cincinnati's going to – I'm with Lando. I think they're going to blow them out. But I think that Memphis has got the offense to score about 20-30. The, uh, the, over, the over-under right now is 59.5. I think that at least 60 points are going to get scored in this game. Uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm pounding the over, but I'm taking Cincy to win by, by – uh, I'll, I'll go 19 points. Wit, what you think? I'm, I'm with y'all. I I think that this does have a good offense. Brady White's a really good quarterback. Um, I think he's gone for over 300 yards. I want to say he's got, he's done that every single game. Um, so Shane Bichelle has too, and uh, Cincinnati actually held them pretty well last week. And I, I think they – what was the score of that game? 42-17 to 17 against SMU last week with Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati's got a strong defense. They probably have one of the better defenses I've ever seen in the group of five. Um, and they run the ball so well. They play the type of football I like to see. And coming out of the group of five, that's actually pretty cool because usually you kind of have to get a little gimmicky. Uh, so I'm taking Cincinnati. I think they're going to win by 30. I think it's going to be a real beat down. I'm kind of with more with Lando on that. Uh, mostly just because I think Cincinnati's defense is going to be good enough to hold back Minnesota's strong offense. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into some big 12 games. Uh, we got Texas heading into uh, number six, Oklahoma State who's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That's actually kind of surprising. I thought it would be a little bit more than that. But Lando, who you got in that one? I hate both of these teams personally. I wish they could both end in a tie, but they don't do ties anymore in college football. So I'm going to actually make a pick here. Um, Tom Herman is coaching for his job, and he is going to have to win this game. So I think Texas is going to win by a solid five points. Matt, who you got? Right there with you. I um I I think that along with Tom Herman, I think Sam Ellinger is playing to even have his name mentioned uh, in the same name as Texas Longhorns for the rest of the season. Otherwise, he's going to be sitting on the bench because he has not had that offense rolling up the par. Um, I think that Oklahoma State hasn't really had a. I went back and looked at their their schedule and. They played Tulsa. They played Iowa State, who I don't think is is as good as a Texas. Uh, it is a home game for Oklahoma State, so I think they've got the advantage there. But I'm actually picking Texas by a touchdown. Oh, hey guys, I actually thought that um, I was making an upset pick here. But, yeah, I, I went with Texas too. Um, I'm same boat as Lando. I think Herman's coaching for his job. I think Texas is better than other teams Oklahoma State has played this year I know their defenses look pretty good especially against like Iowa State but um I just think Tom Herman cannot let them lose three out of four games because that would just be insane especially for a Texas team that's been recruiting the way they have um I think they're going to bounce back Uh, I think they looked a lot better against Baylor I think Oklahoma State hasn't really seen a team talented as them and I think their offense is actually a lot better than the other teams they played so far so um yeah I think I got I got Texas by 10 uh, we'll, we'll move into some SEC rivalry games here. Uh, we got a kind of surprise rivalry, Arkansas at number eight, Texas A&M. I don't believe this game is being played in Jerry World this year, but it, it's usually played at AT, AT&T Stadium. I could be wrong there. If I am, y'all correct me, but I think I looked it up before. Um, Texas A&M is an 11.5-point favorite, and uh, Lando, our, 
You're our first guy. What's up? This game is going to be closer than the experts think. I have Texas A&M winning by a safety. Matt. So I, I actually went back and forth on this one because uh, Arkansas defensively has been extremely sound this year. Sam Pittman has those guys playing out of their mind. Um, but I still believe that Texas A&M is the second best team in the West this year. Uh, I think Kellen Mond is going to have a, a decent game, a, a good enough game. If they can run the ball, which I think that they're going to establish the run early on Arkansas – uh, I've got I've got A and M winning this one, uh, twenty eight twenty four with a four point win. All right, what, what you got? Uh, so originally I had Texas A and M, but honestly, I think it was maybe like an hour before the podcast. Um, I went back and changed it. I think Arkansas is going to win, and uh, I think it has everything to do with the fact that you know Texas A and M just came off a big win against Florida. They looked really good against Mississippi State. I think they're kind of feeling good about themselves right now. And they're like, you know, Auburn's not very good. LSU had a good week last year, or a good week uh, last week, but you know, we're we're probably we're probably the only team that might could contend for a playoff spot, maybe even an SEC title win, um, if if Bama ends up faltering here and there. And I just don't think they're going to give Arkansas enough credit. I think Arkansas is going to come in, play some good defense. I think Felipe Franks is going to show up and play a good game. So uh, I'm going to take them to win. I think they're going to win. Um, they're win by three. I think it's going to be a three point game. I think it's gonna be pretty tight the whole way. Um, I actually, I think they might make a comeback here and there, maybe. But yeah, I'm gonna take Arkansas. And uh, our second rivalry, SEC rivalry game, the SEC game of the week on CBS. We have LSU heading into Auburn as a three-point favorite. Um, none of these, neither one of these teams are ranked, which is very, very strange. Usually, these teams are supposed to be title contenders around this time. And um, but uh, Lando, who do you think's winning this game? Uh, if LSU starts TJ Finley, which I am assuming they will, then LSU is going to win this game. Um, it, 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 it depends on who starts a quarterback for them. If they go out and start, um, what's the quarterback's name uh, that sat behind Joe Burrow last Miles year? Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan. If, if they start him, then they're going to struggle. TJ Finley looked really good. He looked poised. And I think he gives LSU's offense a different element with, with his legs. So it depends on who they start. Hopefully they start TJ Finley. I'm going to go LSU by a touchdown. Matt, who do you got? I'm with you. I think TJ Finley's got to be the guy. If TJ Finley's the guy, LSU's defense looked really good last week. And I think the real difference in this game, though, is Bo Nix. Uh, Auburn is not a good team this year. It, uh, up and down the board, they're just not a good team. I think that they, they their defense may keep them competitive enough to keep it close, but I think LSU wins this one by 13. You guys, LSU looked a lot better last week. Even the defense started to step up. Um, they had some really good cornerbacks. Um, there was a freshman slipping my mind right now, but he had a pick six. Uh, the DBs are really starting to step up. Everybody on the defense is playing a lot better. TJ Finley. Um, I'm, I'm, I think Miles Brennan is actually pretty good because their offense has not really been the problem this year. It's been the defense. But TJ Finley is definitely better. Dude's a stud. I mean, he reminds me so he, – he looks like a skinny-led Cam Newton. Yeah, he's a lot of fun to watch. But I think I think Auburn's going to win this ball game, and I think there's one reason for it. Black magic sorcery. Because somehow I, I, Auburn has come out of every game. They they should have lost, what, four games now? Three or four games? It's, it's like it was in 2000. 2014 when they had the or yeah 14 when they had the kick six and they're not as good 13. as they were back then but they're still 13 whatever 
2013 when they had the kick six. I mean, it's they're they're getting this weird weird magic having reps help them out and these crazy plays happen here and there. I mean, I I think Auburn's going to pull it off at home uh, because of that reason. But besides that, I mean, I think LSU is a way better football team. Uh, But we're going to move into the ESPN College Game Day Game of the Week. I mean, our Game of the Week, the number three Ohio State Buckeyes, a 12.5-point favorite heading into the whiteout game, even though there are no fans. At uh, number 16, Penn State, who just had a rough loss to Indiana. Um, Who you guys picking, Lando? Uh, yeah, uh, Justin Fields played really good last week, and I think he's going to continue to play really well this week. He's going to improve. He's going to make his case for the Heisman. Penn State is not really that good. I think that was proved last week, even though it's their first game back. But Ohio State is still the team to beat in the Big Ten. So I'm going to go Ohio State by 13. It's going to be a really close game for the first half, but I think Ohio State pulls away at the end. Uh, Matt, who you have? So I always love this game, especially when the when the stadium's packed, especially when it's in Happy Valley. Uh, I think that the the difference between this year and another year uh, is the is the crowd. Um, Ohio State looked great last week. They Justin Fields didn't miss a beat. He comes in as a Heisman favorite. He played like a Heisman favorite. There was never a doubt that Ohio State was going to lose that game, even though it was close at halftime. But I think Penn State's going to keep it close. I think they're going to be up three late, and I think that that Fields is going to march him down the field and put a stamp on his Heisman campaign uh, with a touchdown late. I've got Ohio State in this one. I think they're going to win this game ugly. It's going to be like a a 28-24 game. Penn State, regardless of what they looked like last week, I think that they have that team – the, the the type of team that that could make Ohio State play ugly. Uh, this game's always tough. I've got I've got Ohio State winning though in a in a four point close one. Yeah, I'm a lot closer with uh, what Lando was thinking than what you were thinking. Um, I think that Penn State's going to come out come out firing. I think they're going to push around Ohio Ohio State's defense to start. And uh, my prediction is I think they're going to take like a two, maybe three possession lead to start the game. And Ohio State's going to be like everybody's going to be freaking out. Twitter's going to be blowing up, uh, kind of the same way it was a couple of years ago. Everybody's going, what is going on, you know? This Ohio State defense just not good? And uh, and then out of nowhere, Justin Fields is going to turn it on. They're going to start, they're going to start scoring points. The defense is going to start playing like it did at, in the second half of last week's game. Um, I think Ohio State's going to win, and I, I, I think they're going to win by at least three touchdowns. I think it's going to be a huge turnaround. That offense is – I think it's maybe the best offense in college football if they can get a run game going, because that's what they're missing right now. But that passing game is just absolutely ridiculous. I think Justin Fields is going to win the Heisman also. Of my official Heisman pick, I'm picking Justin Fields. I think he's the best quarterback in college football easily, <laughs> especially after watching Trevor Lawrence throw his interceptions against Syracuse last week, barely beating Syracuse, no matter what the score says. They were, did not look good. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to Ohio State by, I'm going to say, 21 at the end of the game. Ooh, ah, <laughs> I don't know. I, look, okay, so this is just my honest opinion. And like I said last week, this isn't this isn't hate. This isn't this isn't out of spite. Okay. Unless Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, Trevor Lawrence is going to win the Heisman. If Justin Fields stays another year, I think he will because he wants to go number 1 in the draft. If he stays another year and plays next year, then he'll win the Heisman next year and go number one in the draft. But this year, everybody's mind is already made up. 
Trevor Lawrence is going to win Heisman. Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. That's just my personal opinion. I think Trevor Lawrence will for sure go number one in the draft, even if Justin Fields wins the Heisman over him this year. Um, I But personally, I think that Justin – I think Trevor Lawrence is a safer pick, especially like in the NFL draft at least. I think Justin has a more of an upside. The dude works his freaking tail off. Um, yeah. I'm sure Trevor Lawrence does too, but – guy's a leader i mean you can see it just in the yeah. way he carries the team um i think he's got a guy in ryan day who has really prepared him for what the nfl has to offer um, which is something that most ohio state quarterbacks have not gotten but um i'm a big i'm a big fan of justin uh, the, like the way that he I mean, you can even tell just looking at when he came came onto the field he's leaner than he was last year yeah he apparently uh, off season. yeah he went on a uh all plant diet or something lost uh lost what like 20 30 pounds or something it's like I think it was like fifteen or twenty pounds, but I mean it's not like he was very big or like flabby at all to begin with. He was pretty lean mm-hmm. already, and then he leaned up even more. Which I mean, fifteen pounds to lose when you're that he looked like that is a lot. That that takes a lot of work. And um, I mean, you could tell he's faster. I mean, I think he's probably more agile than he was last year. But he looks more accurate to me too. I mean, I, I didn't expect him to come out and play better than he did last year because last year he was amazing. But I mean, I think I think he's the best quarterback in college football. I just think that the people voting for the Heisman are just going to have pity for Trevor Lawrence. Like, he hasn't done anything to diminish his Heisman status at all. The guy is a winner. He wins. He, he's won how many national championships now? Is it is it one or two? It's one. one. But he's one. been to he's been two. To, he's been, he's to, been two. to two. Two years. Yeah, but every year, every year he's played, and I guess you can argue you know, the ACC isn't that great, but still. Um, every year he's played, he balls out every year, and he still hasn't won the Heisman. This is his this is his third year starting for Clemson, so I think they're gonna have some pity on him and give him the Heisman. I I don't think so though, man. Like I I think Trevor Lawrence left the door open this weekend against Syracuse with that performance. I mean, he didn't do anything, in my opinion. Like Justin Fields comes out of the gate and he's just swinging and i think that he he's gonna i think he's gonna be the guy that that trevor lawrence is gonna have to continue to play better than justin fields every single game because i thought coming into the year it was trevor lawrence or justin fields and they were pretty much on an even playing field because they they both you know justin fields is the transfer he goes to Ohio State. He leads them back to the playoff for the first time in a couple of years. He's got the dual threat on his side. But then he comes out and he balls out like that. And I'm like, okay, like he's putting Trevor Lawrence on on watch out. And mm-hmm. and I think Trevor Lawrence knows it. Now, I, I agree that Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be the first pick in the draft. And that's because they're going to look at it. And I think from an NFL standpoint – He's the the more polished pocket passer. He can make plays with his feet if he has to, whereas Fields is going to be a guy that will tuck it and run a little bit more, and that's a little bit more risky. But he does – I think Fields has more upside because if he's successful in the NFL, he's got got the potential to be like a a, a not-as-fast Lamar Jackson with a better arm. Yeah, um, I think – if Justin Fields wins the Heisman this year, it'll be because the offense revolves solely around Justin Fields. The offense doesn't revolve solely around Trevor Lawrence. It revolves around Travis Etienne and getting him going. And that's mm-hmm. how Trevor Lawrence gets 
all yeah. of his his passes going. That's how he gets his quarterback draw going. Justin Fields doesn't have the amount of weapons that Trevor Lawrence does, and he, and he's still balling out. So, I, you know, now that I'm kind of thinking about it, uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be closer. It's gonna be closer than people think. I actually disagree with that. I think Justin Fields has more weapons than Trevor Lawrence. You think has. so? The only difference he the difference is Travis Etienne probably a top five player in college football. Yeah, well, cause, well, Travis hey. Etienne is also in in the Heisman in the Heisman you know, in the Heisman talk, and he's probably I mean, and I can give you anybody else who's going to be RB one in the draft next year besides Trevor besides Travis Etienne. It's got to be Travis Etienne. I mean, I hope the Falcons get him. Like it somehow somehow end up with him in round two or something, or like trade up for him in round one because like we're probably not going to keep Gurley and I mean Travis Etienne's a freak, but right. I mean State's got they had two guys go for over 100 yards last week. They had Chris Olave, they have Garrett Wilson who was a five star coming out. Um, I don't know if you guys have really uh, looked at him at all, but he was a stud last year, and I think he's going to be even better this year when um, he's looked that way. And they have two five stars. They were the number one and number three receivers in last year's class. And Jackson Smith Nagba, who had that nice little toe tap touchdown catch in the back of the end zone. I don't know if y'all saw that, but it was pretty sweet. And they have Julian yeah, Fleming, nice. who was actually the number one player on ESPN's recruiting list. Um, and he didn't even get to play because they have so much talent at receiver. Uh, plus, they have a probably the best offensive line in the country. Am Absolutely I the only one that by White Davis? Am I the only one that hates the uh, the five star, four star like rating type system thing? Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess, I, mean, I guess it's just like, oh yeah, this guy's a five star, and then he then he goes out and 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 and, and shits the bed, uh, and then and then it doesn't get, matter. But it's the that they're a five star happen. and they're good. <laughs> okay, like, there's well, three stars that are way better than five stars. I mean, look at Joe. I mean, Joe Burrow. Everybody says he was a three star. He was actually a four star. I'm pretty sure coming yeah, into Ohio okay. State. But, but, but yeah, but I mean, like he was better than the other. Five. I mean, he was better than Trevor Lawrence and. Fields last year, and they were. I'm just saying, like one and two in the country. Sometimes, sometimes I think the difference. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. I I was gonna say, I think the difference is that with a lot of times, guys, you you never hear the story about the you know two star guy that walks on at a at a big time school, whereas you you always hear about the five star that transfers two or three times because he's not getting the getting the snaps or the reps. So I understand what you're saying like you, you, the but you 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 have guys it's it's more rare in my opinion that you have a two-star guy that gets coached yeah. up and develops because most of the time they they either decide uh, it's just not worth the time and the effort that I'm putting in to try and continue to be a part of the team whereas the five-star guy knows that he can go and even if he doesn't play at the university that he committed to he'll go to transfer to Western Michigan and he'll be a starter there for four or five you know four years and he'll be fine yeah I mean yeah. I just I'm just like you know yeah oh a guy can be a four star or a five star oh he's he's gonna be special and then he goes out there and 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 shits it up because you know he's thinking oh I have I'm a five star athlete I don't need to I don't need to fucking work hard then you get this three star guy that you know may not have the same rating but he's gonna work his ass off Every practice, he's he, he he's he's gonna practice how you want to play. He, he, you're gonna practice like, like your hair's on fire, and then you, it's gonna equate that way to on Saturday nights. Uh, I don't know. I I guess I'm just different. Like I think a good example of that is uh, Jamarcus Russell, 
uh, used to be a quarterback for LSU. This guy was an animal in college. And then he goes to um, the Raiders in NFL and absolutely craps the – I mean, he, he, he is known to be the biggest bust in the NFL because he didn't want to work hard and he just thought that he was going to go out there and roll his helmet out and, and be the best player on the field. But that wasn't the case. So I don't know. I guess I just have a soft spot for people who, you know, are the underdog. Hey, man, I mean, I'm with you. I, I love the I love the Josh Jacobs story. You know, my man was had zero stars by his name until Lane Kiffin sees him. And then he becomes a three star overnight. He goes to Alabama and now he's one of the top running backs in the NFL. Uh so I, I, I'm with you. I think, though, more than it I, – I agree with you in the sentiment that more than it being a star rating, it is do they fit the team mentality and the chemistry that they're going into. Uh, it's a potential and I think a lot of, of times, deal. like, that's where guys screw up is they see, you know, oh, Alabama offered me. Well, if you don't have Alabama work ethic, then you're not going to fit in with that team and you're going to play worse. Whereas they might go to like they might fit in better with Georgia, or they might fit in better at Oregon, or they might fit in better. You know, it, it it they have to go where they feel like they they their personality and chemistry would mesh the best. Yeah. And so that in that regard, I think the stars you throw the stars out. Um, is it a damn good football player? Yes. I mean, you know, anybody that's getting recruited by these major universities is good. Uh, at that point, it's up to them to continue to work and, and be what they can be. Guys, I think we're about out of time. We thank you guys for coming out and listening. I know it's probably a lot easier now that we're on Spotify, but uh, keep checking us out on Spotify. Keep checking us out on SoundCloud. Um, follow our accounts on Instagram and Twitter. Send us some questions. Um, I know we had we actually had a couple um, requests for topics to talk about this week, and we're hoping to actually start uh, making our discussion revolved around the questions you guys send in so if the more questions we get the more we'll start talking about them uh keep interacting with us on twitter i, I know we're starting to get a lot of that uh keep checking out our posts keep voting for the teams that you want to win or the teams you think is going to win uh, before game time uh, we got tech guy keys posting up those games uh, right before they start probably about 35 minutes before they start but yeah we thank you guys and uh hope, hope you guys keep coming around and uh we'll see y'all later